In my opinion, infidelity is one of the most destructive blows that can be delivered to a marriage. It's even worse than the death of a spouse because when a spouse dies, it's not intentional or desired. But in infidelity, a spouse, someone who has promised to be faithful, consciously engages in an act that breaks that faith. When a spouse dies, it's a loss, but it's not a betrayal. And when a spouse dies, you don't have to continually see that spouse. Infidelity can put a marriage on the critical list. And some marriages end, and some never really recover, and some actually go on to make a much better marriage than they were before. So I want to take some time and look at infidelity. What causes infidelity? What does infidelity do to a marriage? And what can you do when infidelity comes to light in your marriage? So let's get started. Welcome to the Quick Counsel Podcast, where we will give you a simple and practical understanding of counseling issues and how they might apply to your life. Here's your host, pastoral counselor, Brett Legg. When we hear the word infidelity, we typically think of a spouse who has had a sexual encounter outside of their marriage and with someone other than their spouse. And this certainly is the height of infidelity. But at its core, infidelity refers to being unfaithful to a partner. Now, I believe that when a spouse turns to someone else for close, emotional, relational connection that they should only receive from their spouse, that they are being unfaithful. And this is often referred to as an emotional affair, and emotional affairs can be just as devastating to a marriage as a sexual affair. Left unchecked, these emotional affairs often morph into sexual affairs. But the purpose of this podcast is that we're going to be focusing on the sexual infidelity. But the principles will relate to other types of infidelity as well. So, what causes infidelity? Well, people have many reasons for their infidelity. There was alcohol involved. The other person aggressively initiated it. I didn't intend to. It just happened. There's just lots of reasons given for infidelity, but they usually fit into one of two broad reasons. A, it was unplanned and an impulsive decision. Now, there can be those times when a spouse wasn't planning to be unfaithful, but acted impulsively without thinking. These can be fueled by alcohol or other substances, or the spouse can wind up submitting to a strong sexual aggressor. Now, personally, I believe that unplanned, impulsive unfaithfulness is quite small percentage of infidelities. I believe that most infidelity falls into the second category, which is an ongoing drift in the marriage. In this case, there's been a slow and progressive drift and distancing in the marriage, long before the infidelity becomes a reality. The grind of work, kids, and life start taking its toll on a marriage. Spouses begin to take each other for granted, and they stop meeting each other's needs. And consequently, the gap between them grows larger, and the connection between them grows weaker. And eventually, the atmosphere for infidelity is set. So, a spouse crosses paths with someone who takes an interest in them. Maybe they take an interest in the spouse's work or their hobbies or their personality. And it all may be just innocent at first, but then they gradually start spending more time together. And then they start looking for ways to connect. And as the connection slash attraction between them grows stronger, the connection and slash attraction in the marriage grows weaker. And eventually, they've crossed so many lines that it becomes a small step to cross the last line. 
But whether infidelity was an unplanned, impulsive decision or it was the result of an ongoing drift in the marriage, the infidelity will have destructive consequences on a marriage. What does infidelity do anyway? Well, infidelity can affect couples in many ways, but at its core, infidelity destroys the safety of the marriage. Marriage is meant to be a haven of safety in the midst of a threatening and hurtful world. But infidelity destroys that safety by destroying the three elements that promote safety in a marriage. Truth, trust, and commitment. Think of a triangle. Triangles are used in construction because they give strength and stability to a structure. But if one side of the triangle is bent or taken away, it loses its strength and collapses. Well, think of a marriage as a triangle. The first side is truth. The second side is trust. And the third side is commitment. If any of these are damaged, the marriage becomes weak, compromised, and in danger of collapsing. Infidelity deals a destructive blow to all three sides of this marriage triangle. It deals a destructive blow to truth, to trust, and to commitment. And this is why infidelity is so crippling to marriage and why so many marriages never recover from infidelity. So if infidelity deals such a crushing blow to a marriage, what can you do when you discover a spouse's infidelity? When infidelity is revealed in a marriage, there are three basic options. One, you can end the marriage. For some marriages, the breakage of truth, trust, and commitment is too much for the hurt spouse to overcome. The infidelity is just too overwhelming and they just can't conceive of continuing in the marriage. If the betrayed spouse is a Christian, they may fall back on Jesus' allowance for divorce for the reasons of unfaithfulness and they may end the marriage. Infidelity will end many marriages, but others will turn to the second option. Option number two, Try to just put it in the past and move forward. In this option, the betrayed spouse doesn't feel the freedom to end the marriage, but facing the infidelity seems too daunting. So much to the relief of the spouse who is unfaithful, the betrayed spouse concedes to try to put the infidelity behind them and just focus on moving forward. Though this may sound good, even gracious, to avoid dealing with infidelity is a lot like ignoring cancer. It often destroys the marriage slowly from the inside out. And this brings us to the third option, and the one that I believe holds the most promise. Option number three, commit to seeing a counselor and doing the hard work of repairing your marriage. Let me say up front that this is the hardest of the three options. It can feel brutal because it forces you to face the infidelity in great detail and when you would rather just try to forget it and move on. But if your marriage is going to heal and grow stronger, the terrible wound of infidelity must be opened up and cleaned out before it can be stitched up and healed. Now, counselors differ in their approach to helping marriages recover from infidelity, but here's the general approach I take when trying to help a couple recover from an affair. First, there's an initial meeting with both spouses, and this is just to get the story and to get a feel from each spouse and a feel for their desires and their investment. Next, there's an individual session with each spouse. Now, this is not for the purpose of keeping secrets from one another, but rather to help each spouse feel a little freer without worrying how their words might hurt the other. Then, session four is a disclosure session. At this session, the betrayed spouse can ask the betraying spouse any and all questions that are important to them. The questions can range from, did you tell them that you loved them, to where and how did you have sex? 
The purpose of this session is not to be voyeuristic, but rather to start rebuilding truth in the marriage so that they can rebuild safety in the marriage. And as you can imagine, this is a very, very difficult session. But from there on, the remaining sessions focus on rebuilding the marriage and addressing anything that contributed to the marital drift. This is where we address the things that contributed to getting them in this place to start with. As you can tell, this is not a quick and easy process. And the issues from the infidelity can continue to crop up long after the fact. But it is a process that will give the marriage the biggest chance of not just surviving, but of thriving. Does every marriage survive infidelity? Unfortunately, no. Some don't survive because the offender won't submit to doing whatever is necessary to reinstill trust in their spouse. Others don't survive because no matter how hard the betrayer works to repair things, the offended spouse just can't or won't let go of the offense so that they can move on. So when it comes to counseling, there are no guarantees, but there are some strong possibilities. And now a final word. Infidelity can ravage marriages, and its effect can continue to pop up long after the fact, but with a lot of hard work and the rebuilding of truth and trust, safety can be restored and couples can build a marriage that's stronger after the infidelity than it was before. I know, because I've seen it. Well, that's our episode for today. As always, I'm grateful that you've listened and I'm praying that you found something that will be helpful to you and maybe to someone else. I just hope that if possible, you'll share this with someone who could use it. Check out more from me at brettleg.com. That's one T and two G's. And follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now go out into the rest of your week and do what you need to do to improve your relationships, whether it's your marriage or someone else improve your relationships, strengthen them. And I'll see you back here for the next Quick Counsel. Thanks for joining us today for Quick Counsel. This podcast is meant to give you a simple understanding of counseling issues and is in no way intended as a substitute for professional counseling or therapy. If you feel you need further help, please contact a local counselor, therapist, or physician. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of Quick Counsel.